Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Hey, Joby Warwick is a Pulitzer Prize-winning author. He wrote a tremendous book, The Triple Agent. Remember that well. And now he's back with Black Flags, which is a biography of the ISIS founder, Abu Musab Zarqawi. And he's joining me now to talk about that. Joby, thanks for coming back to the program. Oh, great to be here, man. How are you? I'm well. You know... Like so many others, I I learned from you, this guy earned his stripes as a Mujahideen in Afghanistan fighting the Soviets. And it made me think something. Often in this country, we say, well, what would have happened? Would there have been an Arab Spring? Would the Middle East be on fire right now if we had not invaded Iraq? And while reading Black Flags, I found myself saying, how different a picture would there be today if the Soviets had never gone into Afghanistan? You know, if there's one theme from the book that I think is just 
red hot relevant right now. It's the fact that ISIS, as we know it, is the result of so many in- earlier interventions in the Islamic world. The, the early founders of al-Qaeda and ISIS became radicalized by the Afghan war. They ca- traveled to Afghanistan to fight the Russians, and they won. And the, the lesson they absorbed from that is that they know how to defeat a superpower. And the real core that we know of ISIS, you know, as ISIS today, grew out of the Iraq war. So every foreign in- intervention we've seen has been a part of the fuel that sustains them and, and makes them what they are today. So what, what if they hadn't had the opportunity to fight the Soviets in Afghanistan or to fight the Americans in Iraq or Afghanistan? You think this was a powder keg that was going to blow sooner or later anyway? I, I don't know. I think, to me, the, Af- the Afghan war was really sort of the beginning of the modern jihadist movement. You don't really see an analog to that before, before the fighting in, in Afghanistan. This is what really created an army of Islamic soldiers that were you know, intent on, on taking over their own countries. And you know, the Iraq war really was what uh, created ISIS. There's, there's no question about it. This figure, Zarqawi, kind of moved into the right place at the right time, despite everyone's you know, advice about what to do with, uh, with Iraq. He ends up setting up this, uh, this powerful network there that uh, is, is the, the thing that got us in the most trouble. It started a, a civil war around us, very deliberately, provoking civil war between Sunnis and Shia, and, and uh, you know, created this sort of idea that we have to, to build this caliphate now, and we do it by being as vicious as we possibly can, and that's the ISIS model. You point out that he was really not, at least on the public radar, until February of 2003 when Colin Powell made that presentation to the U.N. Security Council, and he said that Saddam Hussein was harboring him. Now, all of a sudden, we're aware of, of Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, but that, that was not true it nevertheless gave him credibility. Is that fair to say? Exactly, because you're right. This is probably the greatest gift that Zarqawi ever gotten, because he was an obscure figure. He was on the run after the U.S. attack in Afghanistan, kind of cornered up in a small little village in the extreme northeastern mountains of Iraq where Saddam couldn't get him. But what made him famous around the world was when Colin Powell puts his picture you know, on the big screen at the U.N. and said, you know, here's our you know, poster child for the bad things that can happen, al-Qaeda Saddam Hussein corroborating and, and maybe sharing weapons and in, in, in plotting on terrorist attacks. It turns out that Zarqawi had neither, any, very little to do with al-Qaeda and nothing to do with Saddam Hussein, but because we presented this case that he was this important nexus, he becomes important, and as a result, he gets money and, and volunteers from around the world, and he becomes a hero. He was originally a street thug from Jordan. Yes, he was someone who, you know, probably the, the least likely guy ever to become a, a jihadist hero because he, he, had, he didn't even finish high school. He had no military training. He had no sort of strategic expertise. But he was, he was quite an original talent. And his real talent was, was bucking what everybody else in the Islamic world is saying, even al-Qaeda, about how you conduct your, your jihad, how you, control, you know, conduct your activities. He was all into being as repulsive as possible. That's the word he used. He wanted to, to create as much bloodshed as possible. He wanted to cut people's heads off because he knew it would make him stronger among the people that counted most to him. So Colin Powell makes the presentation. The rest is history. We go in and he then is successful in attracting a combination of jihadists and also Iraqis who were anti-U.S. because of the invasion. Yeah, so this is a pretty powerful combination. So you probably would have had this, you know, uprising anyway in, in Iraq. There were a lot of disaffected former Ba'athists who were now out of jobs and really had nothing to do except to try to make trouble for the Americans. They weren't very organized. They didn't really have sort of a powerful, you know, ideology to unite behind. And this is what Zarqawi brought. He, he's a Jordanian coming in from the outside. You know, he's kind of a brother Arab, but he's, he's not an Iraqi. But he's, he has this sort of very violent, very, uh, you know, very well spelled out vision, and, and Iraqis flock to him. 
And so eventually he builds this core of followers that includes former colonels and captains and, and you know, majors from Iraq, from the Iraqi army. And this is what really becomes the core of the, of the Sunni insurgency that, that almost defeated us in Iraq. This is Joby Warwick. The brand new book is titled Black Flags. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is Joby Warwick. The brand new book is titled Black Flags. It's a biography of 
Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, the ISIS founder. This is uh, I watched, of course, the Colin Powell presentation to the U.N. Security Council. But but when this guy really was on my radar screen uh, was when the Nick Berg episode. Nick Berg was from Pennsylvania. I think I paid particular attention to the case because I was fascinated with, well, who is he and and why was he in Iraq and what kind of business was he really seeking to do? Will you remind everybody who was Nick Berg and what happened? Yeah, he becomes a really important figure quite by accident. So, so Nick Burgess is a fascinating character. He comes from Westchester, grew up in the suburbs, in a in a fairly liberal Jewish household. You know, his families are sort of secular uh, Jews, but they, uh, but he becomes more of a kind of a conservative, uh, think, kind of an interventionist in terms of his politics, and believes in the cause of the Iraq invasion because he wants to bring democracy to these Iraqis, and he also sees a business opportunity. So he sends himself over to Iraq. Uh, his business is repairing these big uh, trans, trans uh, transmission uh, towers, the radio transmission towers, and he tries, he wanders around the country and looks, looks for work. And he ends up getting picked up by, by Zarqawi's goons, and Zarqawi sees an opportunity to, to do terrorism on a very intimate scale. It's one thing to blow up a, a you know a, a mosque or a, or a bazaar, but to, to take the life of a single human being in a very graphic way and show it to the entire world, that seemed to Zarqawi is, is, is quite a calling card. So this is his coming out to the world. He takes takes Nick Berg, puts him in an orange jumpsuit, which now is iconic in every ISIS video that you see, and then you know kneel, that makes him kneel down and personally, with his own knife, cuts Nick Berg's head off. And this is the way that Zarqawi announced himself to the world and, and sort of introduced us to this very virulent kind of jihad that was you know, not just violent, but, but wanted to put their violence you know, on the Internet where everybody could see it. And it was quite a disturbing thing, and it was really kind of a, a turning point, I think, in the conflict here in the United States. There's a tendency for those of us here at home to associate all of these individuals with one another. But I, I learned from your book, at least I think I learned from your book, that Zarqawi was really never that close to bin Laden. Bin Laden kept them at a distance. Yeah, even from the earliest days. He shows up, you know, Zarqawi shows up on, on bin Laden's doorstep before 9-11 and says, hey, you know, can, can I come in? And in, in bin Laden wanted nothing to do with him because already by that point, you know, Zarqawi's reputation was someone who didn't follow orders, who was a hothead, who had his own ideas about what he wanted to do. So he wasn't a good follower. He wasn't, wasn't good al-Qaeda material. And so they, they kind of pushed him off into a corner of, of Afghanistan, 300 miles from everyone else, and said, okay, you can, you can hang out there, but we're, we're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be part of us. And then later on, when he moves into in Iraq and begins blowing things up and creating havoc, you know, uh, bin Laden sees some appeal in, in maybe trying to form an alliance with him because, you know, bin Laden's stuck in a cave in Afghanistan. He's not doing anything. Here's a guy, here's a man of action. He's getting things done. But eventually, Zarqawi becomes too crazy, too extreme, even for bin Laden, and they completely reject him. And that rift that you see between Zarqawi and bin Laden is very much at the center of, of jihadist, uh, you know, divide today between al-Nusra Front, the more al-Qaeda-centered, uh, you know, uh, fighters in, in Syria, and the ISIS folks who are really just following uh, Zarqawi's footsteps. And they, they really can't stand each other to this day. Zarqawi uh, is killed in June of 2006, and yet the movement gains steam even thereafter. Yes, because by that time, it, it really wasn't dependent on a single movement. I think it was dependent on Zarqawi in the beginning because he had such charisma, and he was also the kind of this 
you know, jihadist action figure, not an old guy like Bin Laden who did uh, videos from behind a podium and with a long beard and, and just he was an old man. So Kawi was this young guy who liked to, liked to put a machine gun around his neck and, and fire off shots and, and just look really tough. And this is the this is what kind of appealed to young jihadists around the world. And his followers, after uh, Zarqawi's death, were able to kind of use this same model. They still use his videos. They still use his sermons. And they appeal to, to young men, uh, not just in the Arab world, but around the world, to, to come and fight with them. When I was finishing the book uh, on my back patio last night, I tweeted out a picture of the cover, and I said, I hope presidential candidates are reading this. <laughs> well, you, you do hope that there's some lessons being absorbed, because one of them is... You know, I think we're in a situation now where we, we have we have no choice but to try to find some way to 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 disrupt this this you know power vacuum that's in Syria that allows ISIS to to thrive. But every time we put troops on the ground, every time we involve in our get involved in our own name, bad things seem to happen. And it, it, this you, caution is is absolutely necessary when you look at you know, how to address a situation like this. Joby, we're not giving it all away for free, but we are. But we are giving away the first chapter okay. because the first the first chapter is so gripping. The uh, quote unquote Zarqawi's woman. Mm-hmm. Will you remind everybody? People will remember who she was and 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 what happened to her when King Abdullah II was in the states, and and we all saw that image of the cage. Tell everybody what I'm making reference to. Right. So here is this is a moment that's very powerful around the world when ISIS captures a Jordanian pilot. His plane goes down in Syria. They capture him. There's talk about, well, they're going to arrange some kind of swap, some kind of prisoner exchange. And out of the blue, just out of the, the murky past, they bring up this one hostage they want to make a deal with, deal for. And this happens to be a woman suicide bomber who was one of Zarqawi's you know, bombers. He sent her into Jordan to blow up a bunch of hotels. The hotels are blown up. Her bomb didn't go up, go off, and so she ended up being captured and, and tried and sentenced to death. So she'd been languishing in a Jordanian prison all this time. So when ISIS gets his pilot and they have this great kind of bargaining chip in their hands, you know, who do they ask for? They ask for this woman who's the symbol of Zarqawi's movement from back in the early days, this woman who really never accomplished anything, but it was, it was sort of a beautiful symmetry for them to reach into their past and say, we want this woman, her name is Rishawi. You know, release her, we'll give you the pilot back. It was all a trick because they had no intention of releasing anyone. As we all know, they took the pilot, uh, put him in a cage, doused him with fuel, and set him on fire, and then put that video out on display for the world to see. So, and, and King Abdullah is is in the Congress. He's meeting with John McCain. Yeah, so that very, when he gets the word, that very moment that when the, when the video comes out, which kind of shocked the world, he happens to be sitting in, in McCain's office talking about how how badly things are going in his country with refugees and the with the fight against ISIS. He's not getting enough help, and then on top of all that, here's this gruesome video of, of one of his pilots getting burned, and and he just is shaken by it. And and, and McCain says, "Well, what can we do with you? Do for you?" And and the, the king is just frustrated. He says, "You're not really doing enough for me. I'm getting dumb bombs. I'm, I'm not getting you know." the kinds of munitions I need to fight the kind of fight I need to, to, to have. And he was exasperated, and he ended up going home that very next day, and he said, I'm going to drop every bomb I have till they run out. And that's exactly what he did. And and he wanted her dead by sunrise. Yes. Before he even gets home, she's been hung. 
he sends the word from his own airplane and says, you know, this, there, there are two Zarqawi-related prisoners on death row in Jordan, already sentenced to death. He said, I want these people gone before, I, before the sun comes up the next day. So they, they pulled this woman out of prison, and, and they, they sent her to the gallows, and it was kind of very crude, rough justice, but uh, it was a symbol to, to ISIS that you know, this kind of behavior was not going to go unanswered. Hey, I had the same question as I was reading the book that I had about the triple agent. How does Joby Warwick get... How are you able to get the stories overseas in in some areas you would think would be impregnable, and yet you get the whole backstory about Zarqawi, ISIS, the battle? I mean, d- details that never have come to light as far as I know before. What what was the writing process like? I guess is my final question. Yeah, this is two of the toughest years of my life because I, I had been fascinated with the Zarqawi story long before ISIS showed up, and when they ended up, you know, cropping up in Syria in 2013, this is like it was it was a just a riveting moment for me. This had to be something that people had to know who these people are and how dangerous they are. We didn't know how dangerous they were eventually going to become, but this was a moment that I felt um, just called for some kind of deeper exploration. And the thing that, that worked for me is there are many people in the intelligence community who are also quite alarmed, and they also believe this this moment, this movement, and its pedigree is, is very dangerous. And some were willing, in an unusual way, I think, to really pull back the curtain and explain where this guy came from and how they tried to control him and, and all the circumstances that led to the rise of ISIS. And so, you know, I, I talked to intelligence people over in the Middle East who, who really never talked to journalists, but they were, you know, hair on fire alarmed by what was going on, and they were willing to talk to me about it. And, and there's there's also a, a woman who's a, a pivotal part of your book who's an, an analyst who seems like she's the Zarqawi uh, expert, and there's a vignette in the book where I think she's been in the agency for like less than three years, and all of a sudden she's briefing Dick Cheney. I don't know if that made me confident or uh, a lack of confidence, but it was interesting. Yeah, and the, the, the problem is that Dick Cheney didn't listen because right. she, you know, so here's Dick Cheney wanting to make this case for an invasion in Iraq. These young analysts, some quite junior, but they know their material pretty well. This is Nada Bakos is, is this analyst's name, and she yeah, was, that's it. Right, she was really bright, and she was up and comer, and so she sits in this unusual briefing with the vice president of the United States coming from from you know from downtown Washington out to Langley to try to convince the CIA that they didn't know their business, that they didn't understand these connections between our Qaeda and Saddam Hussein, and, and, and Nada and her colleagues shot down every bit of evidence that, that uh, Cheney's folks put out because it was based on hearsay, it was, it was you know, contradicted by other evidence, and, and they were just astounded that, that, uh, that Cheney and his, his men wanted to use Sarkali as, as part of the excuse to go to war because it was really flimsy, to say the least. Joby, I promise this will be my final comment about your book, but I hope you can tell that I thoroughly enjoyed it. As I read Black Flags, I also said to myself... This is why we can't infiltrate ISIS. They are so sick and so twisted that if we had any type of a confederate within the group, they'd be asked to do something that would be insane. Absolutely. You know what? The most chilling thing that I see when and I, I look at their videos, Mike, all the time, and and there it's it's kind of horrific, and I, I have to get away from it sometimes because it just just really it, it keeps you up at night. But they do things like asking young boys, nine, ten, eleven year old boys, to execute prisoners, and then they film it. So they'll they'll take some kid out and they'll blindfold some poor prisoner and they'll shoot him with this this young boy with his weapon. And people who have that kind of dedication, you know, it, it's really hard to see anyone getting inside that group without. You know, you know, without having to commit atrocities like that, and just be, you know, probably exposed or maybe turned, it just it's it's an impossible situation. So we're our intelligence on this group remains very poor to this day, and that's part of the reason. 
Great job with the book. Really tremendous. I can only imagine the amount of effort that went into it, and I wish you all good things. Michael, I love your show, and I appreciate your time. Thanks for having uh, me today. Joby Warwick, the Pulitzer Prize winner who authored a terrific book called The Triple Agent. That was a great insight into just how desperate we were to find bin Laden or Ayman al-Zawahiri. Now back with a biography of Zarqawi, Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, a tremendous, scary insight into uh, into ISIS. Uh, read that book. And I hope our presidential candidates are reading that book. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.